We're going to go very far back from stars that you can see with your eyes at night back to the very oldest light in the universe. So the picture here I'm showing you is actually a map of part of the universe when it was really, really young, only about 400,000 years old. And I'm going to tell you a bit about it because it's what we study a lot here um, in Oxford. So um, back in the 1920s, um, Edwin, Hubble, 1920, yeah, um, Edwin Hubble discovered that the universe is expanding. He looked and discovered galaxies beyond our own Milky Way, um, found that we were not alone in terms of our galaxy, and found that all galaxies that are further away from us appear to be moving away from us. And this observation is only really consistent with um, space itself expanding. And if you wind back time, you find that everything moves closer and closer together. And you get back to the Big Bang. So a point in time, we think 14 billion years ago, when everything in space was condensed down um, into this very hot, dense um, region. So everything we can see now starts off much smaller. Now, Lots of people were not convinced by this uh, 100 years ago or, or a bit less. Um, and a lot of clever theorists made this prediction that if the Big Bang happened, if the universe had an origin, that there should actually be light that's been around since the Big Bang itself. So we're talking about the light that we're used to seeing in the sky is light from stars, light from galaxies. We're talking about light that actually originated in the Big Bang itself um, rather than stuff that came later. So, okay, back in the, back in the, um, back in the 1950s, 40s, clever theorists made this prediction that there should be, if we look in the sky, we might expect to see light that's actually coming from the Big Bang. But until the 1960s, we didn't have the technology to actually go and look for it. Um, because what this light should be would be very, very, very faint microwave light. This is, this is light that's... The light that we can see with our eyes is optical, visible light, and it's got a very, very short wavelength, much, much less than a millimeter. Microwave light has got a wavelength, a millimeter or a centimeter or so, longer wavelength. Um, and so people were looking for it, but it was quite hard to find. But completely, let's um, chairs in the way. So serendipitously, or luckily, these two guys, Arno Panzias and Robert Wilson, were out doing something completely different they had this telescope that you see in the background in New Jersey that was observing the sky and actually looking at our Milky Way galaxy to do something completely unrelated with the Big Bang. Um, and they were testing out their instrument, observing bits of the sky. And while they were trying to sort of make measurements of the galaxy, of our Milky Way galaxy, they kept seeing this faint light coming from everywhere in the sky that they, that they pointed their telescope at. And they spent an awful long time thinking that this was something wrong with their telescope. If you're pointing at a completely blank bit of sky, there shouldn't be anything there. But they could actually see this kind of faint hiss of light, this really, really small signal. Um, and they were kind of baffled about what it was. They also spent quite a long time figuring, thinking that maybe it was coming from pigeons that were <laughs> nestling in that, in that telescope, sitting in there and sending out light. They swept out all the, got rid of all the pigeons, and they could still see this signal. Um, and then they thought maybe it was pigeon droppings, and so they cleaned out the telescope very carefully, and they could still detect this, this signal. So they called up their colleagues, um, and were trying to work out what on earth this was. It was just this, this extra light or extra signal coming from everywhere. Um, and they told them, these, these people in, actually in Princeton, it turns out, who'd been working on this theory, 
that uh, they actually were seeing light from the Big Bang with their telescope. Light that had been traveling for almost 14 billion years through space. Light that had stretched its wavelength out from very short wavelength, shorter than I can actually make a <laughs> picture of here with my fingers, but light that you could see with your eyes, stretched out to microwave light. And also cooled down with the universe, as the universe cooled down, to almost absolute zero, almost, so minus 270 degrees. Um, and, um, and they'd found it. So this was the they were the first people who ever saw this signal of light from the Big Bang. Um, and this was kind of huge news, because until then, the astronomy community was really split about whether a Big Bang had happened or not. But the discovery of this light said, there's no other way you can, you can, you can, uh, you can have it apart from um, it coming from the Big Bang. This looks like a really boring blob. <laughs> it's not boring at all for us cosmologists. Um, this, is, this, is what, this is what came next in terms of um, studying this light. And it's from a tele um, satellite mission called COBE, which was the very first mission to map this light. And it mapped it over the whole of the sky. And what you see here, we often see these blobs where you observe light coming from all around us in the sky. And then you have to put it on a piece of paper. And so you unwrap it from around the sky onto that flat piece of on the flat screen. So what you see here is a bit like when you unwrap the surface of the globe onto a flat piece of paper. That just says, what's the, and what's the light coming from all positions on the sky? It's actually a map of the temperature of this light. And it's all the same color, orange, where the orange means, uh, I've got it in strange units, 2.7 Kelvin, which is minus 270 degrees. It's all the same temperature. Now, you might say, why do I care about that? It's really boring, still looks orange. Um, if you measure light that's been traveling for 14 billion years from all directions in space, and you find out that it's all got the same temperature, then you've got, to inf you've got to work out from that that at some point in the past, every position in space that you're looking out to had to at one point be in contact with every other point. The reason that, imagine you've got a glass of water and an ice cube. They've got different temperatures. The ice cube's colder than the glass of water. The only way you can make them have the same temperature is by putting the ice cube into the glass of water, and then it will all end up having the same temperature. So what we, what we realize is that, what they realize is that the only way you can have light that's been traveling for billions of years coming at you from all directions, the only way that can have be all the same temperature light, and the only way you can see it coming from all directions on the sky is if everywhere in the sky started off all condensed down together at the same point sometime in the past. So that all being the same temperature is huge news for the Big Bang, as it happened. But we now can do way more than that. We can zoom in, and we zoomed in to see if there, was any, if there were any features in, that, um, in that, the map of that light. We did that with the WMAP telescope, which is a satellite that launched back in 2001. Um, I've been working on it for a number of years um, here in Oxford and, and in the States as well. Um, it's, there's a little image of it over there. It went out um, a million miles away. So you said that the best place to go if you're a satellite wanting to measure faint microwave light from the Big Bang, you want to go a million miles from Earth um, to a very stable point where you can sit shielded by the Earth. You've got the sun behind, sun behind you and then the Earth here. The telescope sits out shielded by the Earth and just orbits around the sun, um, mapping out this this faint light. And from that, we made this, um, this image, which shows the tiny little fluctuations in temperature, or tiny variations in temperature, 
of that light over the whole sky. So we work out that it's not all just orange or the same temperature. That was, that's, that's, that's the average temperature. This then zooms in and looks for tiny little uh, variations in temperature over the whole sky. Um, so red spots are where it's a bit hotter than average, and blue spots are a bit colder. Um, and you see, but they're, they're very, very tiny variations on top of the average. So everything is on average the same. Which, and what that's telling us is that the universe on average was almost completely featureless back at the, just after the Big Bang. So you know, the, the universe is definitely not featureless now, right? We are a feature. We're on a planet, in a solar system, in a galaxy. The universe is lumpy and it's full of, full of structures that are formed and made stuff in the universe. But it wasn't back then at the beginning. Um, and so we think that these are, these are really the seeds of cosmic structure or all the structures in the universe that we see now. Um, and so we've used, we can use these little ripples in temperature to work out amazing amount of stuff about the universe. We can actually use it to work out the physics of how it works and what it's made of and how it began as well. So what we did is we take this, this, this map of the sky and we've used it to work out that the universe is a very strange place. Because we can use the, the behavior or the, what's going on in the universe at the early times to find out that actually 95% of our universe is made of stuff that we don't actually see with our eyes or even with our... Even with our um, uh, simple telescopes. And we found out that about 74% of it is made of stuff that we call dark energy, which is stuff that we, cannot, uh, that we cannot see and we think behaves quite weirdly. It's making the universe expansion accelerate faster and faster. We're dying to know what it is. Um, it's also got about 20% of stuff that's dark matter. This, again, is stuff that we cannot see. Um, our best guess of it is, it, is, it, is it's... Um, probably particles or new particles that we just can't see with our eyes or with telescopes, but that behave um, gravitationally. Um, and only 4% of the universe, 4 or 5%, is stuff that we're actually made of. Um, and so we use that, the, the map of this, this light from the Big Bang to figure out this pie chart of what's in the universe. Our conclusion is, it's quite weird. We need to do more work um, to work out what's going on. Um, let me just tell you, so, so we've, we've moved on beyond doubly map. Our, our goals now are to figure out what dark energy is, what dark matter is, um, and also what happened um, at the very beginning of the universe to make, um, to make those little tiny variations in the light appear that we see in the CMB. And we're using two things here in Oxford for that. One is called the Atacama Cosmology Telescope. It's in the north of Chile, just near Bolivia. It's this microwave telescope that's pictured here. It's kind of shielded in this big, big screen. And it can zoom in on that, that light from the Big Bang and, and look at it in really high resolution in just some parts of the sky. And we're hoping it will tell us about what happened right after the Big Bang itself. It's doing quite a lot of that already. Um, the other thing is the Planck satellite, which is pictured here. Um, it's the next generation mission to map out this light from the Big Bang in even more detail than doubly map. It's made this map here that you can see this pink, pink and purple uh, map of the sky. What you're seeing here is actually light from the Milky Way galaxy that we have to look through to see beyond to the light from the Big Bang itself. Um, we're hoping that once we've looked through that and we study it much more carefully, 
that we're going to learn about actually what happened in the first trillionth of a trillionth of a second in the universe. Um, we're busy analysing that here in Oxford right now. There's three of us here working on it, but there's a team of hundreds across Europe and in the States that are trying to, to, to figure this out. Um, so we should have results in the next few months, and, and we're pretty excited about it.